podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hi and welcome to the Nina Carla show. Oh my god, I don't I have to catch my breath after that. Oh my god, so tense. You know, it looks so in control, but second half, you know, a bit of squeaky bum time there. It finished 2-1 to the Reds at Stamford Bridge. That impeccable record continues. No one's really going to care that we were a little nervous. And, you know, Liverpool acting like total messy bitches, but fear not, fear not. I have two fancy cows lined up for you today and obviously some awesome callers. We are live on Discord. And if you're not already part of Discord, guys will have the details as to how you can join the community and you can listen live. But... Back to my guests. First up, it is the host of the Champions League podcast, co-host of the Res Review podcast. He does a little bit of work on the Wrestling Pro Wrestling Index podcast as well. Oh my God, this guy certainly goes around the block. It is Andy Wales. Andy, welcome to the show. Hi Nina, thanks for having me on. Goes around the block. <laughs> well, you and your your slutty co-host on the Res Review and the Index Pod, you know, y- your reputation, you know, is pretty well known. Um, and to join Andy, um, I'm going to get his name right today. He, you heard him quite recently on the Face Off podcast. Fresh off that, it is an honour to um have. Sam Evans back on, writer, podcaster, does a bit of everything, one of the nicest people you'll ever meet. Sam, welcome to the show. Thank you very much, Nina. Um, I, I'm doing well, but I'm not sure about my Apple Watch. The old half-bit monitor <laughs> oh, yes. was, was kicking in again in the second half there today, but thankfully it made it through and so did the Reds. Absolutely, absolutely. I mean, it's great to have both of you on. Of course, there is, you know, so much to to talk about and so much to discuss. And I think first things first, um, what I'll do is I'll get your initial reactions. Andy, how do you feel after that? Because it it looked quite scary towards the end. Yeah, I'd say it it was almost a case of despite our best efforts, we won the game. Um, And to be perfectly blunt, good first half, shit second half. It was... um, it, it was a strange performance. I just felt as though maybe we'd uh, got the cigars out at half time, and clearly smoking is bad for your health. Um, don't want to remind you of that, Nina. And uh, <laughs> and it was it was just such a sloppy, <laughs> passive second half. We lost our intensity, uh, and and oh, it, it was it was hard watching that second half. It, it was very much akin to how we used to be before last season. But um, we got there in the end, and. You know, three points is three points. And if at the end of the season, it uh, means that we have more points than anybody else, then, yeah, I suppose we'll take them however they come. Yeah. And Sam, coming to you, I mean, aside from you getting nervous that you might have to replace your Apple Watch, how is that for you? (laughs) I think I might need to replace my heart, uh, Nina. (laughs) Don't worry about the watch. But, um, yeah, you know, it's... It was a terrible second half performance, but it was clear as day that the guys look knackered. You know, we, we've just had an incredibly tough away trip to Napoli. 
you know, lost the game. The guys gave it everything in that match. And it, it was clear as day. The last 20 minutes, we had nothing left in the tank. Mm. And and the problem is, you know, we didn't have a Rigi to bring on either up front. And we, we didn't seem to have great options off the bench to kind of give us a bit more bit more momentum in the second half. So I, that, that's all we had. The only option we had was to try and grind it out. And that's something we've done again and again last season. And fair play to the boys. They ground it out yet again for us. I'm absolutely chuffed. Absolutely. And somebody that echoes your sentiments is um, quickly Harinda. He said, I went in 42, came out 142 years old. <laughs> Sounds about right. I think we were all there with you. I think we all need to call up the plastic surgeons. But you know what? It's all about the callers. So you know what? I'm going to go to our first caller. Harinda will be a caller later on. Spoiler alert. But first up, I, it's an honour to have back on Nick, also known as G's on Toast. Welcome to the show. Thank you very much, Nina. Thanks. Great to be here again. It's always a pleasure having you on. So, Nick, Emma, what, what, what would you like to share? What thoughts would you like to bring up with the panel? Um, I think that, I mean, there's obviously quite a lot of discussion points from that game. Um, but I think I'd, I'd like to point out how uh, I thought Adrian had a fantastic game. Um, you know, he made a, a few great saves, especially there was one when Abraham was through. Uh, and I think he may or may not have been offside. I think there was some debate about it, but you know he 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 came out. He, he made himself look big, and you know, and, and he got the save. And I think that was really good. Uh, and overall, I thought he had a really good game today, Adrian. He, um, you know, it wasn't just that save he made. It wasn't just that one save he made. Quite a few other good ones too. So yeah, I think all hats off to Adrian, and he's doing really well uh, in the place of Allison. You know what, guys, um, uh, I, I have to echo that. And that was one of my takeaways from the game as well. And Andy, I'm going to come to you on that because when you think about your number two goalkeeper, and, you know, in the past, our number ones have fumbled in those situations. I mean, he, he kind of demonstrated a lot of composure and nerves of steel given the circumstances. He did, yeah. He did have a good game. He made some important saves for us. Uh, I mean, not that one in the first half from Abraham, yeah. It, Trent actually did play him on side. It looked like he was offside initially, but the replay showed that, yeah, uh, Trent had played him on side. So that was a really important save. Uh, and he did have a good game. Uh, and there was an important one late on. Uh, actually, no, sorry, that, that one was actually offside from um, from Mar- Alonso. Was it Marcus Alonso, the header? You know, he saved it well with his feet. Yeah, he was offside, but he still got there. You know, for him, that's still a positive. He he stopped it. Uh, couldn't do anything about the goal. So yeah, an, another positive showing, and 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 hopefully, you know, again, it's it's another step forward in that he's getting used to the the back four in front of him, and they're getting used to him behind him. Because what's noticeable is. Um, he's a bit calmer with the kicking at the moment. It's. Uh, I was just going to say, yeah, I've definitely noticed yeah. that in his game. He's better. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's not that he's ever been like fantastic, but he's never been not what you'd consider to be a, a poor kicker of the ball. But he he was a little bit nervy and obviously just not used to being part of a team that uh, looked to keep the ball quite so much and keep it under pressure. And just some of them decision makings, obviously... Uh, some previous teams as well, is the ball would come back to him and his expectation would be that he launches it uh, 40 yards forward. So it's, yeah, it's it's all different. It's new and, yeah, he's settling in quite well. And I, I having said all of that, I, I still desperately want to see Alisson back between the posts mm. uh, very, very soon because he's just such a reassuring presence for us. 
But uh, yeah, a positive, uh, a positive performance from Adrian today. Absolutely. And um, Sam, I'm going to come to you. I mean, I think acknowledgement from Virgil van Dijk when he kind of grabbed him by the shoulder when he made a save in the second half. I can't think against who. I mean, that just speaks volumes in itself. The fact that, you know, you've got these defenders who are actually comfortable now with their second choice goalkeeper. I mean, it's nice. I mean, of course, we are what Alison back. I think we all echo what Andy's saying there. But, you know, given the circumstances in which Adrian's been kind of thrown into the deep end, and I think he's he's really taken to the pressure really well. And, you know, you can see that he's kind of, his game has kind of adapted as well because, you know, as, um, as, as Andy just said there, he wasn't always the best with his feet. But you, you saw him sort of kicking the ball out a lot more today. And I felt like today, with all that pressure, I thought he absorbed it. Definitely. Um, you know, we saw last season just how important it can be to have a top-class goalkeeper, you know, in, in between the sticks for your team. You know, undoubtedly, the arrival of Alisson was key for us to, to get to that kind of points total in the league. So when he got injured in the first game, we all obviously were slightly worried, but it, it was a big boost that it wasn't Mignolet coming on for us. And, you know, Alisson's had a couple of games where he's made these small mistakes, but it hasn't cost us whatsoever. And, and it's clear to see that his confidence is growing game on game. And, you know, even though it looked like he had a good game today and, um, you know, he made a couple of saves, Chelsea, surprisingly, only had two shots on target today. So the only two would have been the Abraham shot and the Kante goal. Um, obviously, the other one with Alonso was the uh, the header that was offside, so they don't count that one, obviously. Um, so, you know, it, even though it was only those, you know, one save, in effect, he actually did make, there was loads of really good goalkeeping by him in the game. There, there was this fizzed cross from Alonso that came in that he... He fumbled initially and then gathered. You know, that was a really tough one to take. Um, the amount of crosses that came in from Chelsea today was unbelievable. So I think it was inevitable that it was either going to be the goalkeeper or one of our centre-backs that got the man of the match. Um, I know some of you guys think that, that, Al, that Adrian should have got the man of the match, but personally, I, I totally agreed with Matt Dip getting it myself. Interesting. We'll come to man of the match later. Why do you have to do the spoilers? Dude, you should have kept me on my toes. Um, right, Gags, I think Gags wants to come in. He's got a counterpoint. So over yeah. to you. Yeah, VVD was pissed at Adrian. Proper pr- pissed at him for for ages. Like the whole second half, there was something not right. He was just not, he was just finding it, you know. He was just, I think there were some communication issues. He was expecting Adrian to come out when... Um, you know, he and he didn't, and then he was having to cover and get there. And there was there was at least two very dirty stairs at Adrian yeah. in that second half, definitely. So, whilst I don't think we can complain because we don't get to see what's going on, obviously with um with the players and the pitch and what they what they expect from each other, but um, but from us viewing as fans, we, we can't complain. We, we, we really cannot complain about Adrian. And I think the players, they, they still don't seem on the, on the same page when you see things like that on the pitch from, from, you know, your, your, your main leader, really. He's the real leader of the club. We, we know that, right? Van Dyke. And when he's staring at someone because he expects something from them, that's because they've worked on it and there's something not going right. So it's still early days, but saying that it didn't cost us anything today. In the past, it has. Today didn't cost us, and to be honest, we've won that 
because of his chance, because of that big chance save he did in the first half against Abraham one on one, and and it's got us the three points. Um, that's that is the the game winner, and like uh, Sam just said, the man of match shouts. It was shit everywhere, really. The defense. There's got to be someone, someone at the back who takes it rather than the forwards, because it was another awful performance in my view. So, uh, yeah, I think Adrian yeah. deserves all the praise he can get today. I know. I'm going to come back to Nick in a minute, but you know, with regards to Virgil Van Dijk, I mean, everyone loves him. You know, he looks like a Bond villain. He he could be an assassin in fucking. He looks jungle. like what? A Bond villain? What? Yeah, he looks. He looks like one of the bad guys. He could be a Bond villain. He's got He's that. Not Jaws, for fuck's sake. He could be. No, he can't be Jaws. Yeah. He's too beautiful. He must. Yeah, Nick, come in here. Tell her off. No, let me finish what I'm saying. But he needs he to stop judging everybody be. from demigod status like that. He's got, you know. He should be the next James Bond. Not that he's the villain. He is the main man. He should be. I've, I've, I've always been taken by a Bond villain. Uh, yes, yeah. as Bardi says, you are blind, so we are fine with that. <laughs> Move on. <laughs> Whatever. You know what? You lot are so basic. What's wrong with liking an unhinged baddie? nothing wrong with liking that but he's not the baddie he doesn't look like a baddie yeah he has he's got that's the point no i'm sorry i'm not going there he he could be get back to the football suarez suarez should be he smells too good to be a a baddie anyway (laughs) have you been chatting to trodini again andy (laughs) i and troy are like that I can, uh, you know what, I believe so, that's what word on the street is. Right, I'm going to come back to Nick now, because I let him have the final say of this. <laughs> <laughs> okay, thanks, yeah. Um, yeah, so and I think the, the final say is, you know, would we prefer to have Adrian in goal right now, or Mignolet, or Carriers? And I think there's there can only be one answer to that question, so I think we're in a good position. Here, here. No arguments from me. Anyone? No, it's, it's a great point. You know, we, we didn't make any major signings in the summer, but it was absolutely vital. You know, we didn't know it was going to be vital because Alisson could have played the whole season, but it was absolutely vital that we got someone else in that wasn't Mignolet just for the, the negativity that it was breeding in the crowd alone was bad enough. But, um, you know, we've seen so far... Obviously, Alisson is immense, but he's doing a job at the moment, Adrian. And, you know, we haven't dropped a single point in the league with him in goal. So, you know, there's been absolutely no harm done whatsoever so far, touch wood, with Alisson missing. Long may it continue. Agreed. Well, Nick, thank you so much for that. Yep, no problem. Uh, and, and, and just to add, like, I don't know if anyone saw the latest Carrius mishap over the last few days in Turkey, but... Again, it was just more evidence where, you know, it's mm. I like I like the guy, but it, you know, it's it's good that he moved on and we got Adrian in instead. Of- I I have to agree, and you know, I I have um, I don't have the words for certain Liverpool fans that gloat at his misses and things, you know, and where he mess- messes up. But I have an issue with that, and there was a lot of Liverpool accounts that did that, and I think it's bad taste. There's a lot of awkward silences on this pod today. Am I having a fucking clangor here? Am I actually doing a carriers? Because everyone's fucking quiet on me, and I don't know what's quite wrong with everyone. 
Nina, you made it weird with that Van Dyke comment. That's what it was. I don't know what it was. I've first become the uncle of it. Yes, of course you can. <laughs> I I still absolutely detest when people bring up the whole concussion thing. You know, make the remarks. Oh, is he still concussed and things like that? Just honestly, just get. Oh, I just want to reach out through the screen and punch her in the face. Leave the yeah, guy alone. Can... Obviously, he's look. I, I feel for him. He's had what happens happened. He's trying to move on with his career, and I hope it does work out for him somewhere. Constantly bringing up every time he does something wrong, and then referencing the uh, the whole concussion thing. You need to take a long, hard look at yourself. You really, really do. To- totally agree, mate. And the thing is, you can be concussed and also be not good enough. You know, he it, it's proven he was concussed in that game. So, you know, that obviously had... And psychologically on. scarred as well, because apparently yeah. footballers are not human, you know? And these people yeah. that call out people for making mistakes, I hope to God you fucking never made an error at work. Yeah. Exactly. I make or anywhere. <laughs> fucking hell, my life is littered with them. It's when I do something good, I fucking get thrown. Yeah, that's... Your know, names is one of them. <laughs> names, yes. I'm not very good at names. I also make really bad shouts for film casting, evidently, as we've discovered on this part. But um, thank you so much, Nick, once again. Yep, no problem. Thanks for having me on. Take care. Okay, so <laughs> we're off to a wonderful start. I've made enemies on this part and probably enemies listening as well. Please don't abuse me. I am going to move on to our second call. I'm dreading it. I'm not going to lie, it's a friend, but he's going to be a friend of me right now. It's Harinda. Harinda, hi, hi. Why, why would I be a friend of me to the friend of Spectre? Leave you alone. What do you mean, leave you alone? It's not my fault, you fancy Blofeld. You've got this thing about old people who are decrepit and have cats. It's about having a secure future. Carry on. Fucking Blofeld! You know what? They try and kill him several times. Have you not watched James Bond properly or something? Even in the latest version, they try and get rid of Blofeld. Honestly. Anyway, leave like Blofeld, bad things sometimes happen in, in London. And people who've seen uh, certain Bond movies will know what I mean by that reference. Right. We won. I aged, just as you mentioned in the pod, from 42 to 142. It's not my birthday tomorrow. Happy birthday, Balsingi, in advance. But I seriously graded in this match for one reason and one reason alone. We're winning 2-0. The first half, the Stamford Bridge is silent. My noisy neighbours can get to fuck because they couldn't sing about a silly little thing. Nothing. Not even Chelsea. Second half, first 10-15 minutes, all over him like a rash. Then all of a sudden, that metamorphosis that happens in Chelsea's head about let's go towards Trent's side and put the ball really high and drift it behind him because we don't seem to run into that space for some reason when it comes to Chelsea. Happened again and again on repeat. On repeat. And that's, I think, what was causing the tension. So my question to the panel is this. What is going on? What am I not seeing in the ground? I didn't see at the Super Cup. I can't see on the replays. I haven't Today, I couldn't see what was going on as to what's causing us to let Chelsea just get in behind us all the time. All the time, the diagonal. Was, yeah, something that we would try and do to other teams. They do to us upon on repeat, to the likes of Marcus Alonso and co. And in they come and make us shit our bricks. What is going on there? That's a really good question, Harinda. And uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to come to Andy first. Andy, um, 
I think I'm in the spot on. I thought we started off the second half, first 10 minutes within, in, you know, with some intensity as well. But when you 2 0 up, I was kind of hoping that we maybe tighten up a little because even in the first half, we were 2 0 up. There was a lot of spaces in the midfield for them to kind of get in or, or try or, you know, very nearly sort of, um, you know, cause some danger or threat. I mean, do, do you think the fullbacks maybe have a bit more of a role in terms of offering more cover? I mean, what do you think? Uh, to be honest, I felt today, especially in the second half, it, it seemed as though we weren't protecting the possession better. Uh, sorry, not better. Protecting the possession as well as we need to. We were very, very kind of loose as though we were taking really big chances with every pass that we were attempting, everything we were trying to do. It was almost as if we were quite happy to lose possession because we felt that as soon as Chelsea got the ball, if we could win it, we, you know, we would hurt them on the transition. You know, as though that that was our tactic, that, you know, we would allow them to, to, to get the ball just so that we could win it back off them and hurt them on transition. But it, I don't know, it, it's, I, I would like to have seen a lot more control in the midfield. I felt like we were, we were just bit by bit stepping off it and stepping off it. And there was, there was more and more space opening up. And for the life of me, I cannot understand the substitutions because I felt that that really sound, kind of, handed the impetus to, to Chelsea because them spaces that on the left-hand side that, that Van Alden was covering and working to cover in, around near Robertson, Milner wasn't there. Milner was either let, you know in line with the back four or he was somewhere else on the pitch. It was akin to Milner a couple of years ago where he was like a headless chicken and God knows where he'd be on the pitch, anywhere we but where you needed him to be. Uh, and they, they were exploiting them big empty spaces and they were allowed the time and the space way too often as well. And this was not just the fullbacks, but midfielders as well. They were given so much time and space to to cross the ball at will. And and yeah, we headed most of them away, but then balls kept coming in the box and they were causing some issues. And it was the, the nerves and the tensions. I don't know how it felt for Herinda being there in the crowd, but the, you know, the... The Chelsea crowd were getting more and more excited as I think they sensed that we were dropping off the pace and they were up in their intensity. They almost felt like there might be a way back into this for them. Uh, and us allowing them all the time that they wanted to be able to pin, put crosses into the box just kind of up that tension level. And I think we were beginning to feel that and they, the crowd were putting pressure on the referee. So he was starting to sort of clamp down then on any goal kicks, throw-ins. Trent got uh, his yellow card for throw-ins. It just, I, I don't. For me, it was more about how we were in possession, that control, and and again, like that lack of intensity in our play and allowing them too much space. We just kind of handed the game back to them and gave them an opportunity, and that's I'll not th- how I'll tell you, you how know, it felt for me. That's Andy. Not how we played in recent years. <laughs> Uh, sorry, in, you, in recent uh, months. Yeah, I'll tell you how it felt for me, Andy, in the crowd. Do you know what? My stomach was in so much knots, I perfected a five-minute abs. Literally, because you're just clenching, 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 clenching. And you know, the tightness, my God, my stomach must be like a rock right now. Blackdoll stomach? It, which one? <laughs> yeah, like, where do you start clenching from? Your gut, right? Where's your gut, Gags? If your gut is in your bum, I worry. No, no, but when you, when you clench your abs, you clench your buttocks. Yeah, yeah uh, no. Mm. Women can multitask. When you're standing, if you're clenching your buttocks, I worry about you even more. Yeah. But, I mean, what, what did you feel then? Because 
It's more fucking I mean, tense than anything, <laughs> really, to be honest. <laughs> you, you're up to now. Yeah, the, the, so the front three didn't protect the ball well enough. We didn't, again, decision-making on the ball at times was a bit sloppy, but it was them wide areas that really concerned me that we let them cross at will. Yeah, this is this is the thing. You just let, you know, you let them, let them get beyond you and you're like, going, oh, okay, you can go there. And I'm thinking, surely you know that this is not a great thing to do. Surely, because tactically you've been taught this, that this is not a great thing to do. Don't let them get beyond you. I know Klopp is always big on um, preventing crosses. But it just seemed to be, you know, all right, mate, you're going to go over there. You're going to be in a great place to put a cross in. Yeah, go for it. Knock yourself out. And either they felt this because they thought Tammy Abraham or whoever, or whoever was on there was going to meet it, even when Adoy came on, it wasn't going to bury it. Or they thought, well, there's no Giroud to come on. Or I couldn't tell where Giroud was on the bench. But I thought, hand on heart, if Olivier Giroud was playing, a couple of those chances he would have buried. They wouldn't have gone wide the post. You know, that, that's, and, and then you had the Kante factor. Kante in Hindi and a little bit in Punjabi means thorns. You mm-hmm. know what? Fool Kante, thorns. And fuck me, was he a prick? <laughs> yeah, in the most nicest sense of the, of the <laughs> word. He was a proper prick because the way that he scored was just so painful that he could do that to us, dance in the midfield, sorry, like just outside our box like that and position himself and bury it. Great goal for an opposition, you know, and you've got to give kudos where it's due. He, he, he did us completely. But it doesn't forgive the fact that we kept on just allowing them to do this again and again. Either it was like Klopp thinking, you know what, let's have an exercise in can we tolerate pressure? Or it was an exercise in operation fan field or operation and field exercise gone wrong, whereby, you know, where they test the exit doors, they were testing Mm -hmm. whether we would go for the exit doors or not. I just don't get it. I, I, I can't be put through the ringer this early in the season. This is like Southampton away, but worse. Yeah, I'm going to bring Sam in now. Sam, I want to get your thoughts because in the second half, we certainly were pinned in our own half. We couldn't break away. And I think Andy and, and Harinda both made some excellent points. I do feel like we were quite bad with the possession, you know, like every loose ball, you know, there was a lot of careless passing, even from Firmino as well, you know, where, um, you know, to the point where um, Fabinho had to make a tactical foul in, in, in the first, in the second half and, you know, such things. It was really, really frustrating. I want to get your thoughts on, you know, for me, it was like the fullbacks. There's a lot of crossing. Where, where do you stand on this? Yeah, I, I think today's game was um, a prime example of how top-level football is all about performance in both boxes. And I just think this Liverpool side, it, it's clear as day at the moment. The midfield isn't quite functioning as it should do. You know, hopefully that'll come with a bit of time. But you know, we're, we're leaving. Trent and Robbo extremely exposed. And I know, you know, we're going to do that. Obviously, if you, any formation, there's obviously some parts of the pitch that are going to be slightly exposed. You know, you, you can't cover everywhere. But, you know, I don't think Henderson and Wijnaldum are, are covering their sides well enough. So we are getting, making it easy for the opposition at times to double up on us. But, you know, one thing we are is fantastic. Defensively, in the air, we've got... Van Dyke and Matt Dip there. So if they want to throw in crosses, we've got two fantastic headers of the ball there. You know, absolute giants. You know, Matt Dip's even taller than Van Dyke, isn't he? I think he's about six five. You know, they're, they're absolute beasts in there. So if they're going to fling in crosses, that's something that I think we're quite comfortable with them doing. And if they want to do that, that's that's actually one of our strong points. And you know, even on days like today when we've been poor, we've shown we've got the firepower still to get a couple of goals. So um, 
it, it's not ideal at the moment with the, the way the midfield's functioning, but because the front three so good, maybe not today, but in general they're they're fantastic, and because you know the the centre backs are really really good, we're going to win more games than we lose. Here, here, we lose none, in my humble opinion. Harinda, well, thank you so much. Well, I just Sorry, wanted I to add. Okay, I go on. To, I wanted to add something on top of Bodgy, what he said. He said he was aging. I think, I think, can you believe it? We're six games in, and this is going to be, this feels like it was like a cup final, winning a cup final. And, and that shows you that we can't afford to drop anything already with City winning. 8-0 yesterday, like I said it just before we went on air, at the end of the day, that was a real good slap back to City's face to say, yeah, you had the you had that easy game, you you beat them 8-1, I think it was in the final or something, you beat them 8-0, so you, we knew you were going to do something like that. But yeah, we've just gone away to, to Chelsea, and the hype was we hadn't won many games away from home before the game started. There was so much negativity from commentators, from everything going into Sky was negative about Liverpool. The The whole... You know, it just it just was trying to put us on a downer straight away. And you could tell that the energy of the commentary and of the game was gone when it was 2-0. Literally was gone. There was no excitement from, from anything on Sky. So for, from our point of view, we just got to keep doing what we're doing. This feels like already if we're in tension at six games in, what is the rest of the season going to be like? Fair play to the players, fair play to the team after a trip to Naples. These guys have played two home games in a row, lost both. I don't know, sometimes gags, you know, Martin Tyler's pandemonium and his monkey can just fuck off because have they all forgotten? You know, they said this thing about the top, and I saw what was going on in regards to they're saying that, you know, our away record against the top six, six hasn't been so great and Klopp had to respond along the likes of, yeah, you know, well, there's only one way to fix that. Have they forgotten when we went to City what we did to them? Have they forgotten what we did to Arsenal? Have they forgotten that we went to Chelsea and we won with a similar scoreline only a few seasons back with Henderson scoring and even Dejan Lovren got one and then got a black eye or why they came in with a black eye? Have they forgotten these things? Are, are they stupid? Are they blind? You know, yeah, are, they're just are, they're just talking they, about last season only are, now. You know, they're just talking yeah, about last season only. That's why it's all it, it, it's it's such, the suit their narrative. Such a shitty narrative. Such yeah, a shitty yeah. narrative. And do you know what? This is why I love our team even more. When we have a shitty narrative against us, the needle goes up. When the needle goes up, we fuck teams over. Welcome to Liverpool FC. Do you know what? It's not nice. It's not sweet, dainty, lovely, ticky tack of football. Sometimes, sometimes it's a trip to Stamford Bridge like this. You grind it out. You get abs and you go home, <laughs> or in my case, you go and swear at Chelsea. So that's what I'm going to go and do now. I'm going to go home, swear at my neighbours. It's going to be great. Fun. They'll be home. <laughs> they'll they'll be home. But yeah, as the players' bus goes by, obviously they're standing, waving, sticking out the bird, fl- flicking the bird at them as you do, and then just returning home with a big smile on my face. That's what adulting looks like, people. Damn right. Too right. Absolutely. No, you stick it to them. Um, and enjoy, um, you know, the, the rest of the, the, the little bit of the weekend. Indeed. Indeed. Top of the league, Liverpool. Fantastic. Everyone have a good weekend. Bye all. Take care. Bye. Bye. Okay, whilst Harinda got abs, I was like comfort eating in the second half, not going to lie. Just say everything started to become a great, so that's me. I'm an emotional eater. I'm going to move on to our, uh, our third caller, Rakesh. Rakesh, welcome to the show. Hey, Nina. Hey, guys. How are you? We're very good, thank you. Um, I want to get your thoughts and your points. 
Um, yeah, I, I, it's funny because uh, just when when Herinda and Gags were talking just then about this uh, narrative of of um, you know not having done so well away from home, I, I did find it very odd. You know, if we if we just look at an Osai's um, kind of mantra of beat the dross, win the league didn't entirely come through last year. But generally speaking, the consensus tends to be you beat you beat your rivals at home. And if you get a draw from them with them away from home, that, those are decent results. And that's pretty much what we did last year. Obviously, we lost to City and we, we beat Spurs. But 99 times out of 100, just like so much of last season, that's absolutely acceptable. Um, but yeah, I find it, found it really strange that that kind of became a thing like in the last three or four days after the Napoli game. It was something, oh yeah, Liverpool haven't won away from home in the Premier League uh, once in 12 games or something, some other kind of nonsense. And it is just really silly, lazy punditry. Um, but, you know, I guess we're kind of used to it uh, Used to it now. Um, just going in terms of the game itself, um, I thought the, f- we, the first half we played well. Um, they had maybe that five-minute spell when... Um, uh, what's it called? Abraham got put through and 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 uh, and Adrian saved it, and then they had the goal that was disallowed. But apart from that, we are pretty comfortable. Um, but then in the second half, after about fifteen minutes or so, it just—I don't know whether it was our our legs went a little bit, perhaps we just settled, or I don't know, mentality thing. Something happened, and um, yeah, we left it open. And I was a little bit disappointed because overall. I, I I kind of expect us to carry on going and potentially get the third, but um, yeah, it was just one of those things. But we 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 clung on, and I'm, I'm happy we obviously got the result. No, for sure. And you know, I think we've kind of like kind of touched on those points. So what I'll do is I'll kind of take your point and ask the panel um, another question. Sam, I'm going to come to you. I mean, it would have been nice to get a third, and I thought the third was incoming. Um, you know, um, Let's talk about the front three. Um, they looked kind of out of sorts. We've always kind of discussed the front three, saying that well, two out of three usually play good, but today was not the case. It was almost like they had the lurgy from Napoli. I think that's all it was, Nina, to be honest. I, I think mm. we, we, I, we've touched on it a lot now. Napoli away, really tough game. You know they ran their socks off in that game as well, and they've had to travel back as well. Whereas Chelsea were home both games. You know that's a bit of an advantage. Also, I think the the reintroduction of Kante into their team was absolutely huge. You know he's had I think it's four games out now, so he's come in absolutely fresh for this game, and it and it really showed. I thought he was fantastic in the midfield, and I think he was the reason why. We couldn't get that midfield to function. I thought Fabinho was really good first half. Um, second half, he, he tired a bit, but you know he, he had a lot of work to do. To be fair to him, and you know he even he, he, what I love about Fabinho, right? For years and years, as a team, we we played some lovely football over the past few years. You know, before before clock now, maybe sometimes we played nice football. But we've had a bit of a soft centre, and we haven't been cynical when we've needed to be cynical. Today now is a prime example. How many kind of sneaky little intentional fouls do we do when they were on the break today? You know, it, it, get take a yellow card if you have to. That's fine. Waste a bit of time. That's fine. It, you know, we knew we were out on our feet there today, so a bit of game management was required. And I think you know we can't play well every game. The the key is to get the three points every game. You know, Man City had an off day against Norwich, left with no points. Liverpool have an off day away to Chelsea, 
we go away with all three points. And I think that's just testament to the boys. They've got such bottle. They've got real balls. And when they're out on their feet, they'll work their asses off. And, you know, more times than they don't, they'll come away with the three points. For sure. Andy, um, your thoughts on the front three and, you know, maybe like maybe just the team not clicking in general, but in particular the front three? Yeah, it's, it's, it's funny to say that it's a slight concern because they've looked like they've all been playing well and, and then I thought they were really poor against Napoli, all three. It was one of a very, very rare game where all three of them weren't on it at all. And for me, it was decision-making on the ball against Napoli, when to pass, when to dribble, when they were making the passes, who they were making the pass to, where to pass, everything. Just uh, Nothing seemed to come off, nothing seemed to be going going right. And it was just, you could easily write it off and say, well, it's just one of them things, you know, Napoli are a tough side, one of them games. But today, again, they were better first half than they, they were against Napoli, but they still weren't quite on it. And then second half, we just really kind of dropped off to the point it's, my my concern was just that, that decision making, you know, hanging onto the ball, you know, simple passes, laying it off, and and at times it was we were just trying to overdo it. It felt to me as well today like Salah was trying to do something a bit special individually to almost to prove a point to Chelsea, and maybe just feeling that kind of that pressure obviously because he's such a good player and and all the history that goes with it, with uh, with uh, Chelsea with him and that whole narrative around it. Maybe he had such a point to prove that um, he just tried too hard when he when he got on the ball and he he wasn't on it and I I was just kind of puzzled as as to why it was money that that came off and maybe not more today but perhaps again perhaps the whole crowd thing Klopp was playing that was on his mind but yeah I I they were poor and disappointingly so really second half we didn't hang on to possession there. And and I did feel that we just kind of lost any kind of control and in the second. There was a there was a reason for that though. There was a reason for that though, Andy. It was going to flow into my point nicely. So Chelsea's pressing second half was immense, immense yeah. pressure. I mean, they there's a reason why we gave the ball away. They did to us what we normally do to other teams, where they give the ball away, they press. They, I mean, they they created a lot of chances as well second half. Um, but they just they couldn't hit it on target, like Sam, Sam said earlier. They're pressing yeah. with Kante and whoever else was in that midfield with them. Every single one of them, to be honest, was working really, really hard. And that's why you found most of our players were, were giving the ball away because this is what we normally do. So it's easy to see why we were why we were so ruffled. But the beauty of it was that we got through it. The beauty yeah, of it was we, we got through it. But, but yeah, it yeah, was tough. Did. It was a tough... They were... They're not a bad side. I think Lampard's no, got a, a bit of a soft centre. The team has got the, the set pieces are really bad for them, really bad. But they're not a bad side, you know. They're not a bad side. No, they're not. And and it, I was I was going to mention, you know, that like Sam Point was was absolutely right to do with N'Golo Kante. You know what a difference he makes. The Klopp actually the said in his post match, he always seems to be fit against us. <laughs> 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 He's, well, at times it seems like he's two players. He's everywhere. He covers so much ground, and it does work us down. It was my concern was more of, in terms of the front three, was just how sloppy we were in in our choices of what we were doing with the ball, and and Bobby, on you know just opting to dribble at times when it just it was just a simple layoff. You know, we move the ball around and work their back four, but 
it was one of them rare times over the last 18 months where I actually felt second half. I thought, we need a third goal. And it's a long time since I felt like mm -hmm. we need a third goal yep. with this. No, I agree. And I think that early scare as well with them scoring and, you know, VAR coming in and sort of saving us. I was the same. I was like, I need three goals and then just tighten up the screws, you know, like just tighten up in the midfield, do what you need to do. I'm going to go back to Rakesh now. Rakesh, you played what the panel have said. I'll let you have the final thought. Thanks, Nina. Um, yeah, I mean, I pretty much concur with, with everything that's been, been said. I had a, a, a question that I wanted to pose and, and get people's thoughts on um, the Kante goal. I don't know if this was covered before I came on, but it was more, it seemed like Fabinho was going to close him down, but overcommitted on one side and then, and then Kante kind of turned onto the inside. But it seemed like after the goal, when Fabinho was kind of berating Henderson for not covering. So I don't know if that was a, a tactical thing that they do where, Fabinho would commit on one side and, and Henderson would be there to commit on the other side. The pressing trap. Yeah, yeah, the pressing trap. Yeah, he was hoping that there was a pressing trap there. Normally, you force the player in wide. From Sorry, you force the player inwards and there's someone to, to, to be there. But Fab should really be, be looking around as well to see if that's there. So he can blame others as well. But And maybe there is fault for others, but he has to take a bit more control and not let him go so easy, in my opinion. But I'll let Wales, he's a coach, so he'll know more than me. My thing was that is it was very it it, um, it echoed to to what we were doing in the wide positions. We were really slow in closing down the space when players got the ball. We were allowing them five yards and ten yards at times, way way too often, allowing them to pick out what they wanted to do. Uh, and yeah, Fabinho overcommitted himself, and and that is a mortal sin, especially for a midfielder in that position to allow him that time and space. But yeah, Henderson has got to recognise what's happening. He's got to get closer. And for me, one of the centre-backs has then got to immediately close the space out when he starts advancing towards the area and gets ready to shoot. I think between all four of them, there's got to be culpability uh, spread between them. And, and obviously, a lot of it will go to Fabinho for allowing him to turn on him so easily. But um, that that for me, that whole goal was was so similar to what we were doing in the wide areas, where we, we just allowed them to turn and we allowed we gave them way too much space and time, and it was um, slightly concerning to be honest. It was indeed. I'm going to quickly go back to Jason Toss Nick. I think he's saying there's something that hasn't been mentioned that needs to be brought up, so I'm going to just give him the floor. Hi, thanks. <clears throat> yeah. Um... So we talked about Adrian earlier and how he, he did really well, but there's just one more person that needs to be mentioned, and I think that is Joel Matip. He was immense today. He, you know, I thought he was even better than Van Dijk, and I think you could make the case that he's been better, that he's been our best centre-back for, you know, certainly this season and possibly towards the end of last season as well. Your cat agrees. Yes, my cat is agreeing. <laughs> yes, sorry about that. <laughs> but yeah, Joel Matip. He is, you know, he is the hero that we need right now and he, he saved yeah. the game today. So that's my last point. Thank you. No, and I think he did get man of the match as well. And I think a lot of people, and I think Sam kind of um, echoed that he was his man of the match as well. So I think a lot of people do acknowledge his, um, <laughs> his efforts. Oh, God, Gags is calling your cat a Bond villain cat now. Um, uh, you know, there you go. But um, Rakesh, thank you so much. And Nick, thank you so much there. Thanks, guys. Yeah, cheers. Thank you. 
take care. Okay, now it's just myself and the panel. And you know, we're going to discuss the things that maybe haven't been discussed, like the goals and things. Uh, Gags kind of mentioned something there that they looked a little bit, Chelsea looked a little bit suspect on set pieces. So you know what, let's talk about the first goal. I come to Andy first on this one because, you know, um, I think I had Cousy on my show a few weeks ago and he kind of said, I've had enough of Mosala hogging the set pieces. Let Trent take them. And, you know, it was just so nice of them, <laughs> um, Salah to kind of lay off for Trent and then, you know, for Trent to just like smack that. <laughs> We're getting pictures of <laughs> Nick's cat now and, um, absolutely cute. But uh, Andy, I'm going to come to you. I mean, what a, what a strike. Oh, it was a beautiful strike. It was absolutely beautiful. And I do wonder, you know, both the goals came from someone laying, laying off a free kick to, for somebody else to do something. And I do wonder whether that's in the preparation, you know, whether the Chelsea defensive line adjusts to, um, you know, the ball being laid off, how the, the initial contact, whether there's something in there that they've looked at, or whether it's just by chance that both of them came from those situations. But, yeah, from Trent. We we know he can strike a free kick anyway, but we so we know he can strike a ball beautifully in open play. But that that was tremendous. It was it was um, dare I say it was Steven Gerrard esque the way he he hit that and it flew into the top corner. It was a beautiful goal. It was absolutely. And Sam, anything you'd like to add to that? Yeah. <laughs> So often you see players kind of shift the ball on a free kick and more often than not, they then get closed down and, and, it, and it just doesn't work. I've always hated that tactic, but today is obviously exactly what these players have been trying to do when they do shift the ball off a free kick. It's just just vary the angle ever so slightly. And, you know, it's 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 a really tough skill that what Trent's done and that, you know, he's absolutely pinged it into the top corner and it's something that I, I was hoping he might start to bring into his game this season. So I'm really, really happy that he's had a goal nice and early into the season. I might give him a bit of confidence because it's clear to see he's got the technique to score goals and, you know, look out Premier League if, if, Trent and Robbo start chipping in with goals as well because if 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 we got that extra weapon chucked into our arsenal as well, then you know we we've just going to be unbelievable this season. No, um, uh, for sure, absolutely. Um, uh, you know, so it was nice to kind of go one nil ahead and fully deserved as well because I felt like we had more control of the game and it was just from there I felt like we kind of went on, we kind of excelled, we started playing the better football, we looked more in control. I think also it was a, it's po- probably worth noting as well. Um, Chelsea kind of looked a little shell shocked in my opinion at that point. So, and then, you know, let's talk about the second goal. I mean, another, you know, Another goal, Roberto Firmino, set piece. Sam, I'll come to you on this one. Yeah, it's, you know, a lot of play, uh, people kind of moan about their own team's set pieces. You know, our uh, corners, we can't clear the first man and where we're terrible at, at set pieces. We, we People are still saying that about Liverpool, but statistically, we've been the best team in the league over the last year. I know, so. you know, that, that baffled me when Sky kept bringing that up last season. I was like, I don't believe yeah. that. We are fantastic yeah. at them compared to other teams, you know. It just shows that it's a lot harder than it looks. You know, we're like, oh, I can't oh everyone else is man. dead, dead, dead shit. <laughs> yeah, well, I 
I played football at a terrible level uh, in this <laughs> in the doldrums in the Carmarthenshire leagues, second team football, and yeah, I can't get the ball off the ground nearly, so uh, I can't <laughs> I can't really criticise the players uh, when when I they struggle to get a good cross in. But uh, yeah, so that was just another example of the delivery that we've got in in this side. Uh, Rob, oh, it was, wasn't it? Um, it was, it yes. Shifted, yeah, it got shifted to him. Lovely left peg. But yeah, just that little nudge gave him a slightly better angle to cross it in at. And yeah, Bobby again. I love the guy. He's so bloody good. Um, so I'm really, really happy that he's got a goal as well because I think his efforts this season, you know, have really deserved some more rewards than what he's actually had. So really chuffed to see him score. For sure, absolutely. Great head. It was great to see him kind of, you know, just jump up and just completely connect to it. Andy, your thoughts on that as well? Yeah, I'd, I, again, as as I mentioned, you know, I do wonder if there's, there's something uh, something being done behind the scenes in terms of uh, working and, and looking at Chelsea. When you change the angle, does it does it catch their defence out? Because they were absolutely flat footed for that Bobby header. They uh, it just seemed to come from nowhere for them. Um, it was just funny how <laughs> none of them seemed to be aware of where he was. Uh, lovely header, you know, great finish and and nice for Robbo to to get an assist today. But yeah, it, Bobby's had a brilliant start to the season. He's been so so good right up until the Napoli game when he when I like I said I thought he was very poor. Yeah, and I thought he was. He was better first half, but second half, again, he just dropped right off. So uh, hopefully it's just like a minor blip. It's just one of them things that maybe, like Simon said, you know, there's it's just a bit of exertion in the legs. Uh, and hopefully we'll be back to normal next weekend. But, um, yeah, I, I loved I loved that goal. That, that, was a, that was a proper striker's header. So that's, that, again, something else that was very, very pleasant. Absolutely. Now, shall we quickly discuss the the disallowed goal, VAR, coming to our rescue? And also all this fume about it wasn't offside, Mount wasn't um, interfering with play. Talk to me about this, because he clearly was. And I think Graham Sunez said you can't be a little bit pregnant. You know, that was offside, which kind of made me laugh in in a sense. But analogy, I'll I'll come to some first on this one. You know, like the Martin Tyler fume and everything, you know, calling it pedantic and stuff. I mean, it was just absolutely bizarre. We had him. Empty cells sort of speaking about this thing, you know, why are we giving the old man such, you know, so much airtime, you know, as Liverpool supporters? But I want to get your thoughts on just this fume about VAR and Liverpool and, you know, was it offside, wasn't it offside? I mean, I'm sure what you're going to say. It's, it's bonkers, isn't it? I just can't believe some of the shit that they're coming out with. Uh, you know, they're saying, oh, he was only a little bit. You know, why why are they giving that? That's ridiculous. And it's like, we've now got the technology to give us the exact line. If he's in front of the line, mm-hmm. he's offside. I, I heard someone on um, on the radio on my way back home after the game, and they were like, oh, they gave it for a toe offside. Uh, you know, giving a little... <laughs> and he was being really kind of arsy about it. And it was like, it was his, his whole leg or whatever. And it, they know the, the rules. The laws of the game are there. If it's, it's part of the board you can score with, it's offside. And the, that's always been the rule. Um, why, why are they so annoyed about it now? It's, it's just because they're such marginal decisions. They're pissed off at the fact that 
they have they think they're spoiling the joy of the game you know people they're celebrating and then they get it taken away from them but you know for years we've had goals taken away from us after a celebration with a late flag from the linesman and they haven't seen it you know you want to get the decision correct and that's what it is at the end of the day so basically people get pissed off about it if it's a decision that they didn't want to happen and that's it you know it it's it, martin tyler apparently I've been checking it out. There's been a big uh, rant, and you you touched on it earlier, Nina, about how he just seemed absolutely gutted that that goal was chalked off. And it's like, <laughs> mate, it's the it's the right decision. It's it's I, I touched on it on the face uh, face off pod, so I won't go into it again. But it's it's the decisions that they're making in regards to terror, you know, penalty decisions that they're not actually giving. That's mm. the issue at the moment, and it's to do with the clear and obvious thing. But the the offside thing is absolutely bang on at the moment. And, you know, I know it can take a bit of time, but for me, end of the day, you want the correct decision, and that's exactly what we got. For sure, absolutely. And, Andy, I'm going to come to you because, obviously, I'd like to get your thoughts on this as well. But, you know, Nick there has um, put in, like, you know... um, You know, what happened yesterday in in the Leicester versus... um, Spurs game, you know, that was probably a tougher call to make, but this one was pretty straightforward, pretty simple. Um, and, you know, the decision was absolutely spot on. I think, you know, there'll be zero, zero arguments unless obviously you're an opposition supporter or you're, you're Martin Tyler. You know, the reason why VAR has been brought in is the fact that these decisions are spot on. It can't be marginally offside. You're either offside or you're not. Yeah, whether it's one, cent- one centimetre or 10 yards. Mm-hmm. If you're offside, you're offside. And Mason Mount was probably about six inches to a foot offside, and the mm-hmm. ball goes to him. So for me, there can be absolutely no argument whatsoever made about it. It was it, it was just a matter-of-fact decision that looked at it, and, yeah. and he was offside. So the goal was correctly disallowed. So, uh, you know, obviously, yeah, we, we, we had Martin Tyler when it was 2-0. Tell, tell, reminding us, you know, how many games uh, that were two 0 have come back to be two two. You know, it, yeah, it, it is tiring for us, and it does get on our nerves. But um, perhaps it'll be all the more sweeter if we, um, you know, we finish the season in the same position in the, of the in the league that uh, we're sat right now. <laughs> because I don't know what he'll come up with next, you know. But. Yeah, we, look, we were on the. We've been on. I the, think United losing today really didn't help his cause. Well, you know, he's a deflated man before he got into the commentary set. Yeah. Yeah, but look, in the last week, we we've suffered from VAR from the two ridiculous calls, a, a penalty that should have been given that wasn't, and then yep. a penalty that was given against us that absolutely shouldn't have should been. not have been. So you know, we we can have rights to complain about VAR, and today it. We wouldn't say I wouldn't say VAR saved us because VAR is in place for offsides and that was offside. So you know you, you could argue obviously that the whole defending thing that came after it and whatnot it, it it saved us from a scruffy goal and whatnot. But the fact is he was offside. It was given offside, so it's factually correct. So yeah, stick that in your pipe and smoke it, Mister Tyler. Yep. Let's move on there. Uh, offside goal was called correctly by VAR so thank you very much okay um we have um, a question here um from Jamie Bucket 1996 and he wants to talk about Lalana but I, I want to talk about clubs subs in general okay um 
Taking off Sadio Mane for James Milner, I mean, Sam, come to me on that one because his, his subs today were truly, truly baffling. Uh, yeah, I, I was hoping that he was going to bring on Ox just to have someone to carry the ball for a bit and yeah. try and win a few fouls and, and slow the game down. I just think we, we were struggling so badly in the midfield. I thought we needed legs. Um, I don't know how Ox's fitness is at the moment. Obviously, you know, he's had a lot of problems, so maybe it's something to do with that. Maybe he just thought we needed a bit of experience. And, you know, Milner has been a very good substitute for us on a number of occasions in the past, just to bring on an old head uh, and, and try and get us through the last few minutes. But, you know, the problem is his, his legs are getting slower and slower these days. And I think he, he did struggle a bit, but I think he was always going to struggle in that midfield with, with Kante in there anyway. So um, you can say it's a baffling decision, but Mane was absolutely out on his feet. You know, he didn't have the explosivity he normally has. He, he, I, I'd have subbed all three of the front guys if I could. You know, was he looking at the end? I'm sure. Did he pick up a knock or something? I'm not sure. Um, I, I didn't see a limp, but um, he, he definitely looked absolutely knackered. So mm-hmm. uh, he, he needed to come off. You know, these guys have worked their socks off. This Liverpool side, their, their tactics are based on absolutely bullying the opposition and just bringing them to their knees with our physicality and, and work rate and energy. And, you know, the, the poor guys, they, they've put such a shift in so far this season and it was clear as day that they were all absolutely exhausted. So, um, you, you had to make a substitution. We looked at the bench. Um, we're, we're, we're still winning the game. And I totally understand, right, let's bring on a bit of experience and try and actually kind of see out the game. So I, I can see why he did it. I just don't think it worked very well. No, for sure. And I'm going to correct myself. It's not Jamie Bucket. It's Jamie Book. And then Nick's thing. It's not, it's not Bucket. It's Bouquet. OK, yeah, I watch Keeping Up. Keeping up appearances, uh, I completely screwed that up. So apologies, Jamie Book, nineteen ninety six. But Andy, I'm going to come to you. I mean, when is a good time to bring on Adam Lalana? Because I thought it's Klopp thinking that we're playing MK Dons here, like literally. And I think I'm scarred from um, uh, Lalana's sub appearance after what happened against Everton when we joined nil nil, and Klopp thought it was clever to bring him on. Um, I, I. I'll be honest, and, and I don't want to feel like we're getting at someone here and being all negative because we've just won 2 1 away at Chelsea. You know, we're six from six, top of the league. I I don't see any good time for bringing on Adam Lalana now. He just doesn't. I, I struggle to see him looking like a Premier League footballer at this stage. Mm. Um, he's completely gone. I get Sam's point. In terms of James Milner coming on for Sadio Mane, look, if Mane was absolutely dead on his feet and he had to come off, then that's fine. I could totally understand that if Milner's then coming into the midfield and, as as Sam was saying about, with Kante in there, and Milner's an extra pair of legs in the midfield. But what puzzled me about it was the fact that Ginny van Alden went up and took took that place on the left in uh, Mane's position. So we we kept the same system. And instead, you know, we've got Milner struggling to cover spaces. So we were just offering up more space in the midfield, even though it's a fresh pair of legs that came on. So it, it wasn't a tactical change. It was just, a, you know, it, it was just a personnel change. And I feel it was a, it was a change that, that 
that weakened us and, and didn't help our situation. So it totally puzzled me. And as for Adam Lallana, I really just don't get bringing him into a football match at this point. And, and I don't want to sound cruel, but he really does not have anything to offer this team anymore. Um, not in not in explosiveness or pace or anything like that. He's never had that. What he did have is energy getting around the pitch. It looks like his mobility's gone. Yeah, he's got nice technique, but his turning circle is is like a, you know the Ark Royal now. <laughs> For me, what would have made more sense was if, if we could have perhaps shifted um, Firmino to cover the wider positions if we were looking for some, you know, for more defensive work in the wider positions, maybe just taken more off and brought um, and brought Shaqiri on. Yeah, as, as Sam mentioned, someone to get the ball, someone to carry it, someone to dribble, someone to use it, a fresh pair of legs, a guy that's busting his gut to be involved in the team. And, and he's, and, you know, he's got a lot more quality than Adam Lallana. So, <laughs> I, I'm I'm puzzled by it. I I really don't understand it. I I could understand the uh, the Gomez substitution later on. That made sense to me. Yeah, for sure. But the way that we used the way that uh, Milner was used in in terms of our system when he came on, I don't get that. And and I yeah, if he plays like four midfielders, I get that, right? Because you're tightening up. Yeah, like I said, if Miller comes, yeah. If Miller comes on and it's an extra body into the midfield to close out them spaces, then fine, you know, and we go to two up top. That's absolutely fine. Gomez coming on, what he did, absolutely fine. That makes sense. The Lalana, I, I, I struggle to get it. Absolutely struggle to get it. For sure. Um, Sam, I'm going to come to you because, um, you know, I think Jamie pretty much agrees. He goes, no excuses for him to come on when you've got the likes of Shaq. And of course, you mentioned Ox there as well, you know, when you've got those kind of options on the bench. I want to get your thoughts on the Lana sub as well. I mean, do you feel the same? Like he absolutely has no business. And, you know, we don't want to be negative, but you've got to look at the evolution of this team and this squad and the kind of players that he was kind of bought in before those guys. I mean, like, I'd be quite happy to, you know, see, you know, Lalana on against like MK Dons. We've got a question about that. We'll we'll talk about it in a second. But you know, not against Chelsea when it's two one and you are up against it. You know, like if we were four nil up, I get it. Two one, it's tense. Everyone's feeling the pressure. I I think the thinking behind that substitution was that one thing Lalana does have is when he's got the ball at his feet. He does manage to keep hold of the ball quite well. Like his ball retention is decent. I'm I'm trying to be positive here. I I can see that's the only excuse I can I can think of why Klopp has brought him on. I think they wanted him to come on, receive the ball, just keep hold of the ball because we just were not doing it whatsoever. So I I think that was his his job when he came on and. Klopp's touched on it a lot of times. He, he clearly likes Lalana. He must be a really good trainer because otherwise, no way would he keep bring him in, bringing him into this side. So that's what I think his decision was. Um, and the thing that kind of baffled me is uh, the stories coming out. I don't know how true they were about Shakiri saying that he didn't go to international duty because he wanted to work with Liverpool and, and try and get his place. You know, I that, think those stories answer. were very true. Those stories were very true. I think it was all of the echo as yeah. well. Yeah. Yeah. So you know, you know, that's what I've heard. So for me, for him to have done that, you'd have thought he'd have been given some sort of assurances that he was going to get some minutes. 
Um, I know he came on the other day, didn't he? But he had about 10 minutes in the game, uh, something like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it might have been five minutes. And, you know, if that was it, then he, he should have gone and played for Switzerland. You know, for me, uh, you could have put him on the left, maybe. He kept Genie in the middle because at least one thing Genie does do again is if he does receive the ball, he's quite good at shielding it. And, and, and you know, he does work his socks off. So, um, for me... I wouldn't have made either of those subs, just to clarify, but I can see the thinking behind both of them. Fair enough, two very uh, interesting different shouts there. Okay, I think we've pretty much come to you know the end of the line. Is there any key talking points from this game? Anything you want to mention that didn't get mentioned? Um, any player that deserves a shout out, that deserves one? Andy, I'll come to you. Um, no, I, th- I think we've pretty much covered everything. Um, oh. Just in terms of player shout outs, uh, I'd like to give Ginny a shout out actually, because uh, mm. I think he uh, he's the one player who really give it uh, from start to finish, other than uh, Joel Matip. Nice, fair enough. And what about yourself, Sam? Oh, I thought you were going to call me Steve there, Nina. Oh, that's oh. I stopped for a second. <laughs> <laughs> I pulled the brakes on it. You nearly got through a whole pod there as well. Oh, never mind. Maybe next. I time. should fucking get a bonus for that. That's <laughs> what you're gonna give me. <laughs> well, you know what? Today, um, uh, J- Jamie Book was um, the victim today. He, he took your place. Maybe, maybe you can get like a copy of the new James Bond film or something as a bonus, yeah. Nina. Yeah, possibly. But uh, the the bit I wanted to touch on, um, I don't think we've mentioned our the, the crazy bit where. Uh, we played a lovely ball down the line to Trent and he got in behind and he cut it back and it took a ricochet off a few Chelsea players and it got cleared off the line by the goalie. Um, th- that was at 2-0 um, and we nearly went 3-0 at that point. And the linesman actually put his flag up and gave offside. Mm-hmm. They showed the replay and he was and onside. Was a- yep. And I was wondering, because I know the rule is, if if the ref's whistle goes... Anything that happens after that would not count. So if they scored after it, it would not count. And we were discussing in the pub and we were wondering if that ball had gone in, because the whistle hadn't gone at that point when Aretha Balaga actually cleared off the line. If that ball had gone in and he hadn't saved it and then he saw the flag had gone up, would they have still gone to VAR to give it because the flag had gone up? Because uh, usually if the flag goes up, they don't overturn it. I think they probably would have gone to VAR, but I'm just wondering what you think. Yes, they would have. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. I know, because the whistle wasn't blown, isn't it? Reviewed. But yeah, if the whistle had gone, though, if the ref had actually blown his whistle before it had hit the back of the net, it, it would not have stood because uh, they could have said that they'd stop playing. Mm. That's fine. But if he hadn't, yeah. and it went in like they play on until they go, because it, it hadn't gone up by the time he'd raised, by the time Kepa saved it, right? Had yeah. that gone in at that point, and then he put his flag up, they would have checked it and said, no, that's a goal. Yeah, that's a goal he would have stood. But the annoying thing was, we actually had the ball. After that save, it had come out to someone on the left. I don't know if it was, I think it was Firmino. Oh, oh, it was Firmino, been. yeah. Yeah, and they'd given the offside. Um, unnecessarily and we had a really good chance there so uh, that that's one of the things I know the Premier League because a lot of people have complained about VAR slowing the game down they have actually been putting their flag up but I think they're told they only put their flag up when they're 100% certain 
But I have noticed a few times it happened against Newcastle, actually. We got away with a couple against Newcastle where they were onside and the flag went up. So that's just something to keep an eye on as well. No, for sure, for sure. And, uh, you know, Jamie Bookie's getting a lot of mentions today. Um, his big mention is for Andy Robertson's mad run at the end when he went on the counter, I think, with Virgil van Dijk as well to, you know, kind of kill some time. So that was really good. I agree with you there. That was um, obviously, that probably deserves a little shout as well. Waste a little time and also take the pressure off the defence. Um, I have to agree with that, guys. Um, before we move on to Man of the Match, um, who who starts for MK Dons? I mean, I'm guessing we're just going to copy and paste Adam Lallana 11 times. I would. Andy, I'll come to you. I'm guessing the likes of Shakiri are going to get everyone out. You would hope so. Yeah, you'd imagine um, Lallana, if he's fit by then, obviously, if he can stay fit for three days. Uh, Shakiri, Brewster, opportunity for them. Yeah, get Gomez out there. Another game under the belt for Ox. Uh, maybe a few of the youngsters as well, you know. It's um, it, yeah, it's, it's a good good opportunity to to rotate a lot of the senior players and maybe keep a, a couple of them on the bench just as uh, perhaps a little bit of an insurance policy. Then maybe maybe that like some Milner or someone like that. But, um, yeah, you, you'd hope a lot of our main players get a bit of a break, get a rest, come back next weekend, and hopefully uh, much better performance level and another three points. For sure. And what about yourself, Sam? Because um, I'll be honest with you, you know, the likes of um, the front three where, you know, they look absolutely knackered and maybe a bit tired. I don't want to see them on the bench. I'll be honest with you. That's how much I care about cup games. Yeah, I, I'm with you on this, Nina. I don't even want us to have an insurance policy on the bench. I, I mm. want us to go, you know, we'll have Kelehin, Kelehin goal. I want to see Vandenberg in defence, uh, LaRucci get a game. Um, I'd honestly just give Shakiri a bloody game, the poor guy. Uh, give Ox a, a start. I think he could do with minutes. This is the game for Lalana. <laughs> um, you know, get <laughs> and eleven. <laughs> get him on the bloody pitch. Um, I want to see Rian Brewster. I think mm-hmm. he it was nice to see him on the bench today, but I I can see why he hasn't brought him on. You know, that was a horrendous yeah. game for him to have to come on. To. Yes. I think it's going to do nothing for his confidence to come into a game where we're under the cosh. Uh, it would have been horrific. You know, I think if, if Origi was on the bench today, he would have definitely come on. Uh, but, you know, with Brewster, I think it was best to hold him back. Let's not break his confidence and let's get him to play now in, in the midweek game and let's give him a chance to show what he can do. But um, I, I think it's absolutely vital that Robertson and Trent get a break. You know, I think they a complete break, not on the bench, nothing. Those guys are running their asses off. Um, the front three as well, obviously. These guys are desperate for a break. And I think that's exactly what's going to happen. I, To be honest, I want us to win the game midweek, but I want us to win it with a total second string and nothing else. I don't want to see a single first-team player anywhere near the team. Yep. Nope, zero arguments from me and probably zero arguments from Andy there as well. Okay, guys, um, man of the match shouts. Sam, I'll come to you. I know you dropped a flipping spoiler alert, but go on. Did, did Let me pretend to be shocked. <laughs> I thought I was really subtle about that. Um, it's Joel Matip, obviously. Um, I, I know some of you guys um, disagree, but personally, because... The way Chelsea played today, you know, as I said, they only had two shots, but they played in so many crosses today. And his height 
and aerial ability was so, so vital for us to get away with the three points today. And we were under the cosh so, so much. You know, him and Van Dyke at the back have done a great job today. But I think the ball was just like a magnet to Matip today. And I think he, he was just absolutely outstanding. And, you know, a few of you guys have touched on it earlier. He, he's been brilliant for us. You know, I was surprised at the start of the season, the Klopp bombed him out completely and put Gomez in. And then Gomez didn't look the sharpest. I think the reason he did that is because he likes his lightning pace. Uh, him and Van Dyke would be the quickest centre-backs in the league. You know, absolutely lightning. And I think that's why he got his chance ahead of Matt Dip. But Matt Dip is proving people wrong time and time again. And, you know, what a signing he has turned out to be in the end. It took a little while, but that guy has been fantastic for this club for about 18 months now. And free transfer, I believe. Yep, I think, yeah, he was, yeah, he was. Free transfer, you know, so he, he's been absolutely fantastic. So for me, for, for a change, I actually fully agreed with the Sky man of the match today. For me, man of the match, Joel Matip, all day long. And now Sam's going to disappear and open a fan account for Joel Matip. Andy, I'm going to come to you. I mean, who's, who was your man of the match? Do you agree with Sam? I do, yeah. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's, it's been quite hard today, hasn't it? Because all yeah. the good efforts of the first half kind of kind of got undone with the second and you focus on who was consistently good because I thought Henderson was good in the first, say, 20, 30 minutes. Yeah, he was. Uh, Fabinho was good for most of the first mm-hmm. half. The, Henderson and Fabinho, I feel, kind of dropped off a bit second half. Yeah. And, and I feel like Fabinho was having to do a lot more work than, than he should have to. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I... I like I said earlier, I felt Van Alden had a, a positive game as well. Uh, and yeah. We, you know, the top of the show, we spoke about the, the positive nature of what um, of what Adrian contributed to the game today. You know, that, that save in the first half effectively has made the difference to the result. But, but yeah, I've got to go with Sam and say, you know, throughout when we really needed him, uh, Joel Matip was, uh, was, was figuratively and literally a giant today. So, um, yeah, he, he's been excellent for for at least well, probably nine months he's been consistently excellent not just good excellent and um, I think since he's come back into the team I think what's really upped is his aggression levels I think it was something that was probably missing from his game before that he was a bit too passive he's become a lot more aggressive and uh, the bit of shithousery that's crept into his game as well and uh, he's he I think Sam mentioned it earlier he actually has been our best centre-back this season, so uh, and that's no mean feat. No, it bloody well isn't, especially when his partner is the best defender in the world. I mean, for me, it was just two shots. I thought, who you know, who has consistently been good throughout the whole game? And for me, it was um, Adrian, and of course, it was Joel Matip. I'm going to agree with you guys. I'm going to give it to Joel Matip, um, purely because I think he's consistently, like you guys have said, always kind of stepped up, been good. Um, Considering he's been on a free as well, he looks very calm and assured. And I think, you know, I said it in one of my videos as well, at times he's been better than Virgil van Dijk. So it'd be nice for me to kind of give it to him today because that was a high-pressure game and him stepping up ahead of his mentor today and deliver a masterclass performance. I mean, that just speaks volumes because today was actually quite difficult, certainly in the second half. So Joel Matip is the man of the match on the Nina Kauser show as well. Guys, before I let you go, where can people find your work? Andy, I'll come to you. What are you working on? Where can people find you on Twitter? Uh, on Twitter, I'm at Andy Armchair, and the, uh, I will be getting another uh, Champions League preview pod out soon because we're, we're, we're going to be 
back on back on that shortly. We've got the game against Salzburg coming up in uh, what a week and a half. So we're going to be recording uh, a match day two uh, Champions League preview. And then obviously we're getting close to the end of the month, so there's going to be another Reds review coming up soon. So uh, please do check them out. Excellent stuff. Yep, keep your ears open for those pods. They're always excellent. I highly recommend both of those podcasts. And what about you, Sam? Where can people find you on Twitter and, you know, some of the podcasts that you've been working on and articles, etc.? Yeah, as we touched on earlier, uh, we recorded the Face Off podcast this week. And obviously some of it's a bit outdated now, but... You know, we did a lot of general discussion on the pod and we went into depth on VAR. So if you need to hear a bit more, a few more rants about how they're kind of implementing the excellent technology, then uh, have a listen to the Face Off pod. And if you want to have a chat on Twitter, uh, my Twitter handle is at Sambo Evans. Definitely give both of these guys a follow and check out their work because it is high quality stuff. Um, once again, a massive thank you to both of them. Uh, for my part, please do um, listen to the Euro Incision podcast. I had a really good, insightful chat with Marcotti about VAR. Do give it a listen. There's a little sound bite out, out as well. Uh, if you want to listen to those kind of podcasts, all you've got to do is go to Anfield Index, www.anfieldindex dot com forward slash join to get all the um, content there and uh, there's so much awesome content on on Anfield Index as well great articles and if you want to if you don't like the sound of my voice and you want to see me pull funny faces uh, get over to Instagram I do like daily videos about football um, my account is the Nina Calves show so give it a follow show me some support give me some ideas as to what videos I should be filming as well I'd really appreciate it and Gags, where can people join us on Discord? Ampleindex.com forward slash Discord. Okay, why did I even come to you? <laughs> I'll learn that myself. Yeah, guys, if you want to be part of Discord and want to ask questions as well, there's the details right there. But once again, a massive thank you to our callers. They were incredible. A massive thank you to all of you that stayed on live. Big thanks to Gags. Massive thank you to these two awesome lads as well. And thank you for listening. And you know what? It was tough, but we got there. Six. Six games unbeaten, up the reds. I'll catch you in my next episode. Podcast Network.